Welcome to episode 335 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, biohacker, author of What, When, Wine, and creator of the supplement line Avalon X. And I'm here with my co-host, Vanessa Spina, sports nutrition specialist, author of Keto Essentials, and creator of the Tone Breath Ketone Analyzer and Tone Lux Red Light Therapy Panels. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and ketogenicgirl.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this show do not constitute medical advice or treatment. To be featured on the show, email us your questions to questions at ifpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. So pour yourself a mug of black coffee, a cup of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of premium grass-fed, grass-finished steak tips, all for free, plus $20 off. That's right, we're talking pounds of meat for free, plus $20 off. Friends, I love meat and seafood. My favorite way to get it is ButcherBox. It has been for years, and it's one of those things where I just sort of become more and more obsessed the more I use it. Especially with all the greenwashing that's going on today with meat and seafood, there's a lack of transparency, it can be hard to know what you're actually getting, and it can be expensive. ButcherBox addresses all of that. By directly partnering with farmers and fishermen, ButcherBox cuts out the middleman of the grocery store and directly delivers delicious meat and seafood straight to your door, and they have the highest standards. Their salmon, for example, is wild-caught. Their beef is 100% grass-fed and 100% grass-finished. Their chicken is free-range and organic, and it all tastes delicious. I love their chicken, love their meat, love their seafood. They have amazing scallops as well. And you can really find the collection of food that you want that works for you and your family. They have curated boxes, so you can get exactly what you want as fresh as possible because yes, meat and seafood that is immediately frozen is fresher than meat that is waiting out and never frozen. That's because it's frozen at its peak of freshness. It's funny because people kind of think it would be the opposite. Like, oh, I need never frozen meat and seafood. No, 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 no. You want frozen. You want meat and seafood that was immediately frozen and then shipped to you, which is what ButcherBox does. I eat a lot of steak at restaurants. ButcherBox's filets are divine, way better than anything I would get at a restaurant. Their other cuts are amazing as well. With their seafood, I know I can trust them that I'm actually getting what they say because yes, there is a lot of scams in the seafood industry and their chicken also tastes amazing. It's free range and organic and tastes delicious. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner and ButcherBox has an incredible offer for our audience. You can have your choice of a weeknight meal essential for free in every order for a whole year. Just go to butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use ifpodcast to choose either three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of grass-fed, grass-finished premium steak tips plus $20 off. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use code ifpodcast 
to choose your free offer and get that $20 off. Butcherbox.com slash podcast with code IFPodcast. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumer consumers from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 335 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Vanessa Spina. Hello, everybody. How are you today, Vanessa? I am doing amazing. How are you? I'm good. I have so many exciting things happening like right now. That's amazing. I feel the same way. I'm just like buzzing. (laughs) Okay. We should buzz together. (laughs) What's what's one of your exciting things? Well, today I woke up and I had a message from this podcast, most recent host, Cynthia Thurlow. 
And she shared with me that her interview that she did of me on her podcast, Everyday Wellness, which came out on Friday, hit number one on nutrition on the U.S. Oh, my goodness. What? That's so cool. Wait, that's so cool. Vanessa. I was so excited. Then I went to go look and like, I just, for me of, you know, being an interviewer, like I do interviews like a few times a year, but this was like one where I felt like as we were doing the interview, I was like, this is a good interview. Like in terms of my interviews, like I was like, I'm talking about, we're talking about all the things that I wanted to talk about all my like core passion, like topics. It's very educational for women, just women's health, like optimal protein, body composition, like just all my favorite topics, even like mitochondria, ketones, you know, how do you like support the mitochondria with red light and cold plunging and just everything. Like I just felt like I've gotten to my stride in terms of doing interviews. And it's also because Cynthia was such an amazing host and asked such phenomenal questions. And I was just like, of all the interviews that, you know, you, you would want to like do well, it just sometimes awesome. And it, it, it has to mean like a lot of like people were sharing it a lot. So it definitely like resonated with people. So it just like, it's made me so happy all day <laughs> since like I woke up and got that, that message. And yeah, just like a little thrill. I mean, I know her show already has like a massive audience, but do you think somebody like shared it as well? Like, do you think it had like a snowball effect somewhere? I have no idea. Like I, if someone did, I don't know about it. So I don't really know. Like, I just assumed that it just got shared by a lot of people. I mean, yeah, that's very possible. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So just like been buzzing a little bit all day about it, but yeah. That's so cool. Congratulations. That makes me so happy. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sure some listeners heard it because they probably follow Cynthia's podcast also. But yeah, share with us. What are you buzzing about? Also, just quick. It's so cool. It's like the two intermittent fasting podcasts at one point co-hosts having an interview together. Totally. (laughs) Aw, I love it. That's apropos because mine involves interviews as well. Mine have not happened yet. But Newsweek wants to interview me for a story on biohacking. Oh my gosh, that's huge. So that was very exciting. And they sent over the questions and I just, it kind of what you were just saying, I just feel so comfortable. I don't want to, okay, I don't want to get like over comfortable, but I feel very in my vibe and energy answering these types of questions about biohacking, especially the more... I talk about it in the more interviews I do. The questions she sent over are just so great. So I'm really excited about that. And then just before this, like right before our call, I just found out tomorrow I have an interview with Men's Journal. Wow. That's also huge. Those have, both of them have massive distribution. I know. And the one tomorrow, I don't have the full prep tomorrow, but I don't think it's biohacking. I think it's about wine. Oh, really? I think so. So yeah, it's just exciting. Wow. Congratulations to you. Thank you. What are the odds that both of ours have to do with like interviews and, and the vibe of like really, you know, enjoying talking about these things? I love that. And I, I feel like at 
I used to cringe a lot of times and internally when I would be interviewed by people because a lot of times they want me to share my story. And I'm one of those people like in a group, I don't like to be the one who's dominating the conversation or like having all the attention on them. So I'm always like felt like uncomfortable doing interviews, but I feel like I'm finally at the point where I can talk about certain topics in like an educated way and I'm well-informed. And so I have like a confidence about those specific topics that I'm actually sharing useful, helpful information. And I, I much prefer talk about that than talk about like my health story or like, I don't really like doing that so <laughs> as much. So I, we did that a little bit, but yeah, there's something about doing it enough times too, that you've hit like a stride. And I, I love that you feel like you're at that point as well, like where you're just like, feeling really good about those topics and, and being interviewed. Cause it, it's uncomfortable sometimes <laughs> to be interviewed. Yeah, no, I feel the same. And well, it's interesting because my ultimate love has always been acting and performing. So I don't have any, I'm not camera shy. I'm not, I don't have any of that. I though have imposter syndrome surrounding, I think as far as like the topics go, because I'm not like a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I have a nutrition certification, but I don't have these credentials. So I always felt uncomfortable, even honestly with this show, like talking about medical related things or even diet related things. I always just felt and still feel a little bit like I'm not credentialed enough for it. With the, uh, the biohacking topics, I feel a lot more comfortable with it because it is becoming this thing more and more in the news. And it's more people, it's more, it is people like me talking about it. So yeah, I feel like I'm just finding my, my stride with the questions. I love that we're both having that. It's awesome. That's really, really cool. A little bit of synergy, synchronicity, not synergy. That's so exciting. And then I have one other little announcement. It's a teaser announcement, but I think I'm launching a third podcast. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, listeners, stay tuned. I mean, I am. I should just say it. I am launching a third podcast. It's not going to be health-related. So it's branching out, and I'm very excited. And listeners, a lot of you guys know the co-host. Stay tuned. Get on my email list for the updates, melanieavalon.com slash email list. I am so excited about this. What is it? Can you tease anything else about what it's about? Saying so it's not health related. You know how I like going on all the rabbit holes and tangents about all the things, and oftentimes they're not health related. It was inspired by that. So it's going to be really fun, exciting topics, but not health related. Some might be health related, depending. That's amazing. I've always wanted to do that. I think I was telling you maybe a year or two ago that I wanted to start up. A- a podcast about like living a, a beautiful life, like intentionally and like designing your life. And I, whenever I think about it, it makes me like really giddy and happy, but I'm scared to do it because I don't want it to like turn into work. You know what I mean? Because I just like, but I also feel like I would just enjoy it a lot, but yeah, then it, it might become, it might become work. I totally think you could find a way to do it where it wouldn't become work. At the same time, if it was focusing on one, I guess it would depend how how it manifested when you did it. But I can see how focusing on that one message or topic might make it 
yeah, seem like work or the commitment that, you know, when I started the pod, my first started my podcast, I was so scared to commit to something every week that I purposely didn't release the podcast on the same day each week. I would, I would just release it randomly because... Oh, because you didn't want to be committed to having to have it released on one day? Yes. And I didn't want the expectation to be there. Or like I heard other people on podcasts say, like, if my podcast is late, people get upset. And I definitely get that. Like, sometimes I'll get messages from people like that, but it's okay. Like, I finally like realized it's okay. And it's much better to just be like consistent. But I just laugh when I think back about that. I thought I was like being really strategic or something that I was like, this week it'll come out on Tuesday, but next week it'll be Friday and then it'll be Thursday and Wednesday. I was like, no, no, no. I just got to come out on one day. It's kind of like a happy thought I have, you know, like in, um, in Hook or Peter Pan, like your happy thoughts, you are happy thoughts that make you feel like you're flying. Like it's one of those for me. So I'm really happy for you that you are going to actually do it. Cause I know you have a lot of interest, just like everyone else outside of just health and and you have such a talent and skill for podcasting and hosting and all of that, like acting training and everything that you did definitely created you who's like this person who's amazing at hosting and podcasting. And I think any topic that is something that you're really passionate about or interested in, will, people will want to, will definitely want to listen. Oh my goodness. Okay. First of all, thank you. Quick rapid fire thoughts. One last night I dreamed about Peter Pan that I walked the plank. What? True story. Two, <laughs> two. I did a similar thing with my show. Okay. That's really funny about you not releasing on. It's so interesting how like that one little, like that seems like such a simple thing, like committing to releasing on a certain day. It's funny how just giving ourselves these small little commitments can have such a profound effect in our lives. Point. Sorry, now I'm thinking I'm not going to go on tangents. Okay. I did something similar. I was really hesitant to have sponsors on my biohacking podcast for that same reason, which was if I have sponsors, then I'm committed. Then I have to always turn out an episode. Yep. I did that for two, the first two years. I had no sponsors at all. Like there's no ads at all. Yeah. I felt it would add pressure and yeah, <laughs> I just like felt it would be better to not have ads and people would message me like other podcasts are like, how do you not have ads? And I was like, I don't know. I just don't, <laughs> but I can see their perspective now. Third thing, the exciting thing about this one I want to do is each episode is going to be a different topic. And once I tell you, Vanessa, who I'm doing it with, you'll understand. I'm doing it. I didn't tell you already, right? You told me about an app. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, that I'm even more excited about. But I, I'm so excited about that. I can't even like, I can't even. There might also be an app coming, listeners, but stay tuned. <laughs> I hope it was okay to say that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You can't. Yes, definitely. Once you know the co-host, you'll understand. I'm really just doing it or we are just doing it for fun. And uh, we'll see how it goes. That's so exciting. Anything else or shall we jump in? Yeah, we can jump in. The last little thing I'm buzzing about is I officially put through like the, I guess you could say like the final order or like the final everything for the second generation of the tone this morning. And it felt so good. <gasps> Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, because now we have like the actual like date that they'll be ready and it's looking like the end of September and then shipping 
And I just spent like a lot of time today, like updating the, like the SKUs and the ISBN, like the barcodes and the new packaging, just like we just got done with that and just all that stuff. I love, like, I love the journey of like, you know, the journey to the new product. Once it's out, it's also fun, but the best part is when you're in the creation mode and, you know, just seeing it all come together and it's also like beautiful. And I just love creating biohacking products for women. Like just, there's just so many biohacking products out there that are designed visually. They're appealing to men. And I love creating things that are for us. You know, like I, I'm not saying that if you're a man, you know, that it's not for you, it's also for you, but I just like, I like creating things that are also like feminine and beautiful and, and are still like, wellness tools or, you know, technology or whatever, because the technology doesn't have to be masculine all the time. It just tends to be. So yeah, I'm just, I'm really, really excited, but yeah, we can jump into <laughs> into questions. I'm ready. Wait, can we just reflect how, can we just reflect on the poem tech duos inspiring vision? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that episode oh, to come because yeah. I want to listen to us laughing again. <laughs> Uh, for listeners who missed it, ChatGTP wrote the most beautiful poem about Vanessa Spina and Elon Musk titled Tech Duo's Inspiring Vision. <laughs> it blew me away. Oh like, my gosh. I, I'm, you know, I'm really, really, I was really impressed. I was really amazed. And I am I might get it framed, put it in my office. <laughs> I really want you to. Because <laughs> every time I look at it, I'll start laughing, you know. It's so fun. I just love that it picked up on like everything that you just said. It like picked up on that and it incorporated that into the poem. It's uncanny. Like it's like it read our minds and souls and everything. I don't even understand. It's so cool. Yep. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your appreciation of creation of entrepreneurship products and such. I love it. It's a rare trait in humanity, especially in women. I think, I think there are less female inventors and such. That's probably a stat. I'm not trying to be controversial. I think that's just a stat. No, I, I think you're probably right. Like it's definitely, it's in the process of shifting more, you know, as more and more women are, you know, doing STEM and stuff, but I didn't do STEM, but you can, you don't have to do STEM to invent things either. You know, you can just learn everything now with the internet, like you can learn anything. That's one of the things I'm the most thankful for in the world is like, you can learn any skill pretty much almost probably any skill in the world except for like underwater welding or something like just on the internet and even then there's probably some like course for that wait underwater welding is that a thing yeah (laughs) like welding with metals underwater yeah and I actually came to mind because it was on I think it was on a reality show that I was watching and that's what one of the people did like one of the suitors he was like an underwater welder and I was like didn't know that was a thing but (laughs) Apparently it is. You might can learn it online. Yeah, there's probably a, a course somewhere, but you can learn any skill. You can teach yourself anything, but maybe in like 10, 20, a couple decades, like it'll start being more even, but people are always really surprised when I tell them what I do. So yeah, I think you're probably right. Do you lead with podcaster or do you lead with, what do you lead with? Sometimes it depends on the context and who I'm talking to, but I usually say that I I create like wellness tech products and I'm an author 
and I podcast and it they come out in different orders <laughs> depending on like the context or like if I think the person knows what podcasting is or doesn't or, you know, like depending on who you're having conversation with. But I also feel like I have those like sort of three roles and they're all, they're not all equal, but they're all like my main roles. So it's like, it's a lot. <laughs> it's like a mouthful. And I haven't found like one way of describing it that does all of it. Maybe I said entrepreneur, but I find that really like chuggy when people say that. I feel like influencer, health influencer kind of embodies everything I do, but that word is like, Ugh. it really has a negative connotation to it, but you're absolutely right. That is, that really encapsulates it. Literally everything I'm doing is influencing people. Yeah. But you're also one of the world's top six biohackers. So you could just say that. <laughs> <laughs> According to ChatGTV. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. So many things. Yes. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get 20% off my new favorite water purifier. So one of the best things you can do while intermittent fasting is drinking a lot of water. Well, maybe. So as you guys know, I am a little bit obsessed with cleaning up our exposure to toxins. And one of our largest sources of potential toxins is our water. Did you know that a large portion of tap water in the U.S. is contaminated with arsenic, uranium, and lead? And a summer 2023 study found that over half of tap water in the U.S. is contaminated with chemicals known as, quote, forever chemicals. These are synthetic chemicals that linger in the environment and are linked to cancer, obesity, thyroid disease, high cholesterol, decreased fertility, liver damage, and hormone suppression. In fact, I am so concerned about water that historically I've only been drinking mineral water from glass bottles. That's how much of a problem it is. I personally have had heavy metal exposure. It is not fun. I've been spending years detoxing from it. And so when it comes to water, purity is so important to me. Normally, I wouldn't even come close to drinking tap water, but buying water every single day from glass bottles is expensive. It's not accessible to everybody. That's why I was thrilled to find a company called AquaTrue. They have a water purifier that uses a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. It actually removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. Yep, all of those filters that I would not normally use. What I love about AquaTrue is it is making pure water so accessible to people. Their countertop version, for example, works with no installation, no plumbing, and they actually use the same technology utilized by all the major bottled water brands. That's right. So when you're getting bottled water, you may think you're getting the purest water, but you could be doing that yourself at home and without the plastic waste and plastic toxins. And their filters last a long time. They actually last from six months to up to two years. And ready for a mind-blown moment? Just one set of these filters from their classic purifier is the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That comes out to less than three cents a bottle. And they go beyond just the countertop version. They have a higher capacity under sink option as well. You can bet that the second I am no longer in an apartment, I am going to be getting that ASAP. I am so excited. 
And I'm thrilled because AquaTrue has an incredible offer for our audience. It is time to get peace of mind with AquaTrue. Today, our listeners can get 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code IFPODCAST at checkout. Plus, AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it, you can just send it back for a refund minus shipping. That's right. You literally have nothing to lose except, I guess, the contaminants in your water. Again, that's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use code IFPODCAST. Well, on that note, shall we answer some listener questions? Let's do it. All right. So to start things off, we have a question from Jackie, and this comes from Facebook. And Jackie says, why do many nutritionists slash dietitians stand by IF not being healthy for your body, your hormones, et cetera? And what do you say to them? Oh, it's a really good question. I know you definitely have things (laughs) to say about this. I think that it probably has to do with like misinformation, like bad information or bad facts that people have. We talk a lot about how there is this one mice study. It was a a rodent study where I believe it was young mice that were baby mice practically who were given this extreme fasting regime. And it was equivalent to a nine-year-old child fasting for every other month at a time. And it's one of the studies, I I can't recall the name right now, but I, I talk about it a lot on my podcast and I've mentioned it before on, on here as well. But it's one of the studies that the media really tends to quote a lot because in that study, when they were doing this aggressive fasting on like a what was equivalent to a young child, it had a negative effect on their reproductive hormones. So it's one of the things that I think has imparted this sort of perception that fasting is really bad for women's hormones. And unfortunately, people don't always look further at at what the study was exactly. And anyone fasting a child for a month at a time, every other month, I'm sure it did a lot more than just affect the reproductive hormones. Like I'm sure it had a lot of negative effects. Like children should not be fasting. No one really should be fasting for a month every other month, even an adult. So to take that and extrapolate the results of that to anything that has the word fasting, like intermittent fasting, I personally prefer the term time-restricted eating. It has less of a negative connotation, but we often use those terms interchangeably, especially when it comes to research studies. And I think that there's just, there's certain, certain studies like that, that just get undue amount of attention. And, you know, it just like creates this false perception. I spend, I've done so many episodes of my podcast where I just break down study after study showing the benefits for women, especially who are in a situation where they need to have their hormones regulated or they need to improve their blood work or their cardiometabolic markers. And I think that another side of it, it may be the fact that if you are someone who is like extremely low body fat or an athlete, then 
doing too much fasting or even just intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating can also have negative effects. Like if, especially if you're a female athlete, they are the ones in the research who tend to lose their periods. They tend to have, you know, that's obviously affecting their hormones and they tend to have a lot of negative repercussions to doing things like fasting because as an athlete, you have to feel your body really adequately and you have to feed yourself a lot because you're expending a lot of energy. So there's certain situations where, you know, like young children, athletes, people with extremely low body fat, those situations are probably contraindicated for a lot of different forms of fasting. But on the other hand, for people who are who need these kinds of interventions, who are like overweight, morbidly obese, or just having metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, prediabetes, which according to research, like somewhere close to 88% of Americans have are not metabolically healthy. It's a huge chunk of the population that needs these kinds of strategies, interventions, and they're extremely helpful for all women's hormones, you know, so in those kinds of situations. That's my opinion on why I think some nutritionists, dietitians have a negative perception of intermittent fasting. So I think you really have to look at the context and the person and, you know, the exact situation and then look at research that is not done on really like baby mice for extremely long periods of time. I am so glad you went that route because I agree so much. And the first thing I thought of is a completely different aspect. So it's like we're covering all of it. So the first thing I thought actually was the political history that led to the state of nutrition that we exist in today. I just think it's so saturated in politics. And I really cultivated that and learned about it when I interviewed, I'll put a link in it to the show notes, when I interviewed Marion Nessel. Did I tell you about that interview, Vanessa? She was so cool. I just looked up her Wikipedia. So she's 86 years old and she's written so many books. So she wrote a, well, she's written a lot of books, including, I think her biggest one is called Food Politics, How the Food Industry Influences Nutrition and Health. I brought her on for her memoir that she had recently released, but in her book, and she was so inspiring. Speaking of like women doing things in the world, she was so inspiring because she was born in the thirties. So she was in college, you know, in the like fifties, six, you know, fifties, I guess, pursuing a career as a, like in the lab and actually as a scientist. And a lot of her memoir was about what that was like being a a woman, you know, in college pursuing that, but also being a mom and just the, it's crazy. Some of the stories she tells about, like she literally was given a grant and when they gave it to her, they were like, yeah, we're just giving this to you because no men applied. (laughs) Like they literally told her that. And she talks about like the differences in wages between the men and women. And it's just a really cool story. But she dives deep in her books into the crazy political history of the food pyramid and the recommendations that we have today. And in particular, I learned a lot about the Dietetics Academy. And I don't want to disparage dietitians. I think that's amazing. And I think there are a lot of great dietitians. I will just say after reading her book, it really made me 
question some of the associations that lead to dietitians and things like that. And it's all, I really can't do it justice in this very short overview, but it's all very interlocked with political incentives tied to agriculture and the food industry. And so many nutrition associations are tied to like processed food and junk food companies. So, you know, she talks about like the American Society for Nutrition partnering with Mars and Pepsi and all these really big companies. She talks about how like the, also the American Society for Nutrition, like when they released their, and I'm going to tie this back into the question, when they released their smart choice label, which was this whole big deal to show that food was quote healthy. The first thing that was labeled that was Fruit Loops which is just like really crazy. Um, she talks about the the Dietetics Academy and their relationship with Coca-Cola and McDonald's. And point being, we've come to this place where, because her question, Jackie's question is about nutritionists and dietitians, that culture is not really founded on science or it's not really founded on health science as much as politics. And so whatever ideas have come to that, it's going to be whatever is best suiting the powerful interests that stand. And what that has been historically has been the food pyramid has been eating, you know, multiple small meals per day. The concept of intermittent fasting is the concept of not eating, which is not in any service to any food industry producer (laughs) at all. It's the antithesis of that, actually. It, It just doesn't align. So I think a lot of that goes into it. After reading, because I read, because I was bringing her on for her memoir and I was so impressed with her that I wanted to read, I I think I read, I might've read five of her books. I read so much prepping for her. It really honestly changed the way I view the word nutritionist and the word dietitian. And again, I I don't want to discredit, there's really good nutritionists and dietitians out there. I just so often see, especially, here's a good example. How often do you read articles in magazines online. And then there's this like disclaimer at the end where it's like, talk with your nutritionist, talk with your dietitian. Like it's not, I feel like this is controversial. I don't really think they're saying that because they think nutritionist and the dietitian necessarily has the answer. I mean, they might, but it's more just a safety thing. It's all political. Liability. Liability. Yeah. I think a lot of that is going into that. So for the two-parter of what do you say to them? Well, first of all, Nobody's making you work with a nutrition or a dietitian, and nobody's making you work with a certain nutritionist or dietitian. So if they're not supportive of your choices surrounding intermittent fasting, and I want to make the disclaimer that you're not doing intermittent fasting while really using it as a mask for disordered eating, if it truly is intermittent fasting, getting your nutrition, getting your protein doing it in a healthy way that supports your lifestyle and your nutritionist or your dietitian is against it, you don't have to work with that nutritionist or dietitian. So same with your doctor. You don't have to work. I mean, I I understand. Trust me, I understand. I have an HMO insurance plan where I can only work with certain doctors and I know the hassle of trying to find a doctor you like and how difficult it can be to switch doctors and when all of your labs are with one person. So I I know how hard it is to find a new doctor and you don't have to work. You are hiring the doctor. They're not in charge of you. So 
you get to choose who you work with. So that's one is just maybe not work with this person. But two, if you do and you do want to and you do see that they're open to, you know, working with you, I bring in literal studies, like actual printed out studies on paper. I cannot, I cannot tell you how many times I've done that. I just did the other day, emailed a doctor some studies. You can email them studies and and talk to them about, you know, what you've learned. Can I just say that's like a litmus test for if you are working with someone that you want to be working with is if when you have yeah, bring up, even if you just bring up different studies or bring up different research, if they have a knee jerk reaction and shut you down or they say something egotistical, like, well, I haven't read that study yet or blah, 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 and they're closed off to it, then that may not be someone that you want to work with. But if you bring them studies or, or they're open it doesn't take a lot just to be open and be like, oh, I would l- love to check those out or like I'd be happy to to look through that research for you. That's someone you want to be working with, right? Like whether it's a nutritionist or a physician, someone who's who can tell that you are genuinely looking at the research, which is what they do. Like doctors and nutritionists, dietitians, especially physicians are reading research all the time. So they should respond in a way that's like very positive and open and and like you know, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Or they don't have to be like over the moon about it, but just like open and not close off to it. And that, that always for me is like, okay, this is someone, this is a practitioner that, you know, I want to invest time with and they're definitely listening to me and also open to looking at different research and not just like closed off or closed-minded. I agree so much. I'm so glad you said that. And also I have two examples to share because I really have done this a lot. (laughs) Also, I agree with what you said that like how they initially receive it is so key and so telling. And even the doctor that I was working with recently where I did this, he was just so receptive that I was like, this is great. Even though I didn't think, I wasn't sure if he was really going to be on the same page as me. I did learn something because I don't want to make this like an anti- I don't have any sort of anti-doctor stance here, which is not not what I'm trying to communicate. I did learn something recently, though, that gave me so much more empathy for doctors. And it was that, so actually, the the doctor that I was sending my studies over to, because I'm always trying to figure out my thyroid panel, which is like wonky, long story short, and for listeners who are familiar with thyroid, this will make sense. If if not, it might not. But um, basically, my, my thyroid hormones tend to be low, and my TSH tends to be low. And the TSH is the pituitary hormone. It tells the thyroid to release hormones. So it needs to be higher to indicate that you're not hypothyroid because when it's low, it's basically seems like what it's saying is that the pituitary is saying, oh, we have too much thyroid hormone. It's a very simple, simplistic way of viewing the thyroid because it's not even a thyroid related. It's a pituitary signaling molecule, not thyroid which speaks to a lot of the reasons with thyroid panel interpretations today. But in any case, so my TSH is often low, which would indicate I'm hyperthyroid, but my thyroid hormones are low. But this makes sense because I'm on compounded thyroid hormone. Point being, doctors in the past have wanted to lower my thyroid medication because my TSH is low, even though my thyroid hormones are low, which would just make me hypothyroid, which just can't happen. That has in the response of conventional doctors. And it's been really frustrating to me. And I'm like, why don't they get it? And I'll send them over studies. And, I, and it was just really frustrating. And then I was working with a, um, a holistic doctor in the past few weeks actually to do, have you done ozone therapy, Vanessa? Like hyperbaric chamber or is this something different? 
like ozone gas into your body? Mm-mm. Okay. I just actually got vaginal ozone therapy. I've never done that before. Apparently it's really great for balancing, cleaning out, really optimizing your female health down there. So I know I was, <laughs> I was like sitting on the couch with my bag of ozone and like, yeah. And they were like, wear a mask so you don't breathe in the ozone. I was like, this is, um, this is like next level. I posted it on my story and got some interesting responses. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so always something. I love that you're just always trying things like that. It's amazing. I, w- I was scared, actually. It's, it's so interesting how you, your body's response to, like, I could feel my body, like the physical. I, I was scared to like put it in me because I didn't know what it was, but I didn't feel it at all. It was fine. It was, it was a great time. <laughs> I just, you know, worked on my laptop on some notes. So why am I talking about that? Oh, so the doctor that prescribed it, she was a holistic doctor out of network, out of insurance, but she really gets the thyroid stuff. And she said that doctors legally, if they lower a patient's, and this is really, and I know we have so many listeners with hypothyroid issues. So this is going to give you context for if your doctor is being a little rigid with your labs. I guess they can get in big trouble medically if they get reviewed and it's found out that they lowered a patient's thyroid medications while they had a suppressed TSH. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's why these all these conventional doctors I've seen have been so resistant to you know, addressing the issue differently. And I didn't realize that. And, and if that's just one example, I can't even imagine how many other examples where people have health issues and there are unknown, you know, laws and medical rules that we don't know where they would get in massive trouble if they do what we're asking them to do. So that's another context to bring in mind. And also another argument for if you can afford it going outside of the conventional medical system where maybe they aren't quite bound to those legalities as much. I totally agree with that. I mean, I think you have to prioritize you know, where you spend your disposable income, you know, and you can spend it on a lot of different things. We're like one of those families that spends a lot of it on like healthy food and nutrition because I think it pays dividends. (laughs) It's just a really good return on investment. Whereas there's a lot of other things that you could spend your money on outside of health that you won't really get returns from. They'll just be like one-time, you know, things. So yeah, I think it, it comes down also to you know, how you prioritize things. And if, if you do have the ability, like you said, to do it, I think it, yeah, it's definitely worth it sometimes, especially if it's something that you will totally change your quality of life or like the way you feel in your body. It's so true. And actually I'm going to make a recommendation. I mentioned them before on the podcast, but I'm just so, so obsessed with them. And they're, and just talking about like the rates and everything, they're so affordable for what they're doing. And it's because they want to make this all affordable. And they're in Atlanta, but they they see patients virtually nationwide. So you guys can all do a virtual consult. So they're Elite Personalized Medicine, epmlife.com. And if you tell them I sent you, they'll give you $100 off and their entry thing is already really, really affordable. So if you want like hormonal panels and figuring out what's going on, definitely check them out. I found them because I was doing a regenerative process that I was very excited about doing. And I 
I did it with them and I love them. And they actually referred me to the other practice where I got the vaginal ozone. So yeah. Did we answer her question? Sorry, I went on that tangent about doctors. (laughs) I think so. I think, yeah, we can probably go to the next one. All right. Would you like to read from Andrea? Yes. So Andrea on Facebook says, I listened to today's episode where you talked about your new inside tracker results and lower A1C after stopping eating cooked fruit and adjusting when you took berberine. Wondering if you really needed to do both or if just one of those implementations would have done the trick. Maybe with the berberine, you could have had your pie in parentheses, cooked blueberries and eaten it too. (laughs) Did you try testing the heated blueberries with a CGM heated versus cold and then with slash without berberine? Andrea, Andrea, first of all, I wish you were here so I could ask you how to, how you pronounce your name. I always want to know with Andrea's and Andrea's. I love your question. Thank you for sending it in. Thank you for cultivating that sentence about you could have had your pie cooked blueberries and eaten it too. That was incredible because <laughs> I I said on Instagram, probably on here and on Instagram that the cooked blueberries tasted like pie. So I really appreciate the effort in that sentence. This is a great question. I'm so excited to talk about it. So brief review for listeners who missed my story about this. My HbA1c, which is a marker of your It's a tentative marker of your blood sugar levels over three months. It's your glycated hemoglobin. A normal HbA1c is below 5.7%. And then if you have 5.7 to 6.4, that's pre-diabetes. And then 6.5 or more indicates diabetes. And so when I started cooking, so I eat, as listeners know, I eat pounds and pounds of fruit every night in the context of a high-protein, low-fat diet. And my HbA1c is usually around five. Vanessa, who has a flat line on her CGM, what Vanessa, what did you say yours normally is around? Four percent. Four percent. And it's always four <laughs> percent. Uh that's insane. Yeah, I do want to see your your CGM, your graph. Shout out to Nutrisense. If if listeners would like to get a, a CGM, check out the the ad for Nutrisense in today's episode and go to Nutrisense.io slash IF podcast with the coupon code IF podcast to get $30 off to measure your blood sugar levels constantly for two weeks. Okay. So, in any case, I started cooking my fruit and my HbA1c went up to 5.6, which is almost pre diabetic. And I freaked out and I immediately stopped cooking my fruit and also started taking berberine before my meals. Prior to that, I was only taking it in the fast when I would wake up. So this is a great question. And I agree that I did change two variables. So how do I know if it was the fruit change or how do I know if it was the blueberries or both? And how do I know that maybe berberine alone might not have just addressed it enough? So my thoughts are, I am fairly certain the, oh, and then did I test on a CGM? Okay. As much as I know, it was most likely the fruit because that is the only dietary change I've made. My HbA1c is not always four like Vanessa, but it is always usually five. Very historically, I check it all the time with Inside Tracker. It's never gone above 5.1. I don't think 5.1. And so to jump that much with that one change, I'm fairly certain it was the fruit. So going back, I'm very fairly certain the fruit was involved. And then adding in the berberine, 
I don't normally do get 4.9. So I, I feel like there was probably, well, two things. A, your HbA1c is usually a three-month marker and this reverse in one month. B, it reversed to lower than I normally am as well. So I think the combination of no longer cooking the fruit and adding in the berberine had a massive effect. To answer your actual questions, maybe I could have just had the berberine and had my cooked blueberries and eaten it too. I am so glad you're asking about this. So berberine is a plant compound that's been used for thousands of years by Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine. There are so many studies on it. It was thrilling to create my version, my Avalon X, reading all the studies. I was blown away because originally I thought it was really just for blood sugar control. There's a lot of studies comparing it to metformin, which is the go-to drug to reduce blood sugar levels. And it, it really does. Like in the studies, it typically always matches metformin for performance without a lot of metformin side effects with additional health benefits as well. Like it has so many other health benefits, cholesterol lowering effects, inflammation, gut health. It even activates AMPK, which is something that something like fasting activates as well as calorie restriction and dieting and exercise. That's a, a pathway in our body that it helps with the repair process and supports longevity. So it's a super cool supplement. I used to be a server for a very long time, for like five years and fine dining. And I had this memory that I will never forget where I remember I was serving a table and it was time for dessert and they were like all looking over the menu. And the guy was like looking at the the desserts and then he made a comment about getting the the cake or something. And he was like, well, good thing I can take my diabetes medicine. And that really stuck with me. <laughs> it really stuck with me because so sad. I know it, it did. It made me really, really sad because so metformin, diabetes medication, berberine, at least for me, the purpose is not to say, eat all the things that are like actually would be messing up your blood sugar level, but you're just helping combat it. That's not the purpose here. The purpose here is to further support health and in the context of everything that we're doing, help lower blood sugar levels because people struggle with it. It's not a get out of jail free card to eat all the cake. So let's say as a thought experiment, let's say yes, let's say I could eat the cooked blueberries and take the berberine and it's all normal. Hi friends. We are so honored to be sponsored in part today by Nutrisense. You guys hear us talk about continuous glucose monitors, aka CGMs, all the time on this show. And in particular, we love Nutrisense, and here is why. Nutrisense not only provides a 24-7 moving picture of your glucose values, they also offer a unique opportunity for self-discovery. So imagine this. You have a meal, and then you notice a spike in your glucose levels. So you think, hmm, that didn't go well. But here's the magic. Tomorrow, you can make a simple change. You can swap whatever you were eating for something else. Now you have real-time data to evaluate the impact. Maybe instead of that fruit, you have some vegetables. Maybe instead of that oatmeal, you have some yogurt. Maybe instead of that steak, you have some fruit. The continuous feedback loop that you can get with a Nutrisense CGM empowers you to make quick, informed iterations with your meals. Maybe the change results in a completely normal glucose level, 
or maybe it's still a little bit high, but significantly better. Armed with this knowledge, you can refine your choices further, rapidly steering your glucose values back to the normal range. Without a continuous glucose monitor, honestly, you're just guessing and assuming that what you're doing is working. And when you go test your blood sugar levels at the doctor, that's just a snapshot of that one moment in time. It's not telling you what actually was happening throughout the day all the time. What makes NutriSense truly transformative is its ability to create lasting habits and intrinsic motivation. So instead of relying on generic advice from professionals or online sources or us, you have personalized real-time data from your own body. When you see the direct impact of your choices, it will resonate on a whole new level. This newfound awareness becomes the driving force, making it easier than ever to stay motivated and committed to your health journey. I promise you friends, it's like opening your eyes to the secret to lasting change because it gives you this empowering knowledge that you just didn't have before. So if you're looking to take charge of your health, gain real insights into your body and make sustainable, positive changes, NutriSense is your ultimate partner. Join them and us on this journey of discovery and unlock your full health potential. Get started today at NutriSense.com slash podcast and receive a $30 discount off of your first month, which includes two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support. That's nutrisense.com slash IF podcast for a $30 discount off your first month with two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support, which by the way, I get a lot of feedback on just how helpful that nutritionist support is. It's so easy. You can talk to them in real time in the app and they can really help you make sense of all the data that you receive from your continuous glucose monitor. NutriSense.com slash podcast. And I am just so grateful to NutriSense for helping support today's show. So on paper, that would look good. I would wonder though, what's going on behind the scenes, like that the berberine is combating. Basically, I... I don't know if I'm like communicating this correctly. That would not be the mindset approach that I would want to have with this. If I already knew that something historically was really, really raising my blood sugar. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? I have other thoughts, but do you have any thoughts on that concept? I've never done it. Like I, I know that some people do. I've seen like even different researchers I admire doing experiments all the time. And that's what I was going to say to you before. It's like, I, I can't wait to do a new CGM cycle when I can do a bunch of experiments where I can learn things. Like maybe I'll find out I can have a just right banana here and there. Like I always think of Cynthia when, when I think of a just right banana, cause I remember she, she has those some, sometimes on her workout days. I'm like, remember that there's research that shows that some people will react to bananas in like by having a huge blood glucose spike and other people don't at all. So I'm curious to do those kinds of experiments. And I, I know there are people, like I said, who do experiments with like different carbs and then they take a bunch of berberine or they take, they take berberine when they have like sushi or they, you know, it's like a regular, and I think that's great for them. It's nothing I've personally ever done. I just, I love that it's there for me with berberine and and other supplements or drugs that are similar to that, I love that they exist to help people who cannot make those changes. But I, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's like a license to go and eat whatever you want and then just take something with it because you're not really going to get healthier that way. Like you're just not, it's more so for me. I'm just glad that there, I know there are some people who will never 
be able to make certain changes. And I'm glad that that stuff is there for them. But it's it's hard to speak to it because I've never, like, I just prefer to eat a certain way and not have to take anything. And it's just kind of, yeah, the way that I approach everything. That helped, okay, that helped me clarify my thoughts. Thank you so much. Okay, good. <laughs> that was like so helpful because I was like trying to clarify my thoughts more. So basically following a diet and lifestyle that works for you, I think most people can benefit from adding in berberine to, although I mean, Vanessa might go hypoglycemic if she's like, <laughs> um, like adding it in to, you know, further lower your blood sugar level. So like optimize what you're already doing. Like it's a great way to optimize, a great way to get the other health benefits. And then also, like Vanessa said, if you have a one-off or a time where you are, you know, having something that, you know, raises your blood sugar a little more, then maybe you up your berberine a little bit more in that context. I just wouldn't want to be in a state where, so me having this, this knowledge now that cooking my fruit raises my blood sugar substantially, I wouldn't want to be in a pattern of doing that every single day and combating it with berberine. I would rather not be doing that. So having a diet that does work for me and adding berberine to further optimize that diet. And speaking to that, so I did do a round of my CGM after all of this and I didn't do it again, heating the fruit because, so I should probably should now. So this was in the time period between, so I, I got my result about the 5.6 and then I was in my really intense, no cooking. I put on a CGM immediately. I switched to frozen fruit. I added in the berberine. So I didn't want, it wasn't the time to like try the heated fruit again. Cause I was on like damage control. I was on like, let's fix this. <laughs> so now that I'm back at an HBO&C that I feel comfortable with, now is the time that I would be open to trying that one night and seeing what happens. So stay tuned. Yes. I'm, I want to know how it goes when you try that. That's a fun experiment. I definitely recommend listeners, those two resources though, getting a, a nutrition. I really honestly, can you imagine Vanessa, if every single person in the world, if it was like part of education where they had to wear CGM for two weeks, like how that would change the world? Oh yeah. You would learn so much. Even people... I'll never forget like this one interview I heard with Peter Etienne. He was like, I just didn't think that like he was traveling in an airplane or something and he had this snack and he saw his blood sugar go crazy and just visually seeing it, it made him suddenly realize like the effect it was having on his body. Whereas before he like knew that it maybe was doing something, but there was something about like actually seeing, cause we don't see how our bodies react normally to food. It's all happening inside us. So when you have a visual, you know, it can like kind of snap you out of like a, maybe a little bit of denial or something. And I, I have a friend, so I have a friend who's doing a CGM right now. I recommended NutriSense to her, of course. It's the first time she does anything like this. And we were just talking and she's like, you know, what like advice do you have? And I'm like, just monitor monitor your reactions, keep a journal of like when your blood glucose rises by more than 20 points after eating a certain food. And then you can go back and do experiments with those foods and see like if you add some protein to it, does it 
actually bring your blood glucose more normal instead of having these big excursions. Like if you add some healthy fats, like if you add some fiber and you can, you know, like doing experiments, like going for walks after meals, like that information is just so, so valuable. So yeah, I I agree. If, if everyone could see what their body, how their body is reacting to what they're doing, I think it would really definitely have a huge impact. It's so true. I had one moment in one of the CGM courses that I did where I don't know why, but I got this massive craving. I think it was like a, like triggered by like a, it was like probably emotional for like childhood cereal. Like I hadn't had cereal and I don't even know. And I went and got one of those like healthy, like gluten-free, like all natural cereals. And I ate it. And my, I don't even, I don't remember what my blood sugar went to, but it was insane. And that image is like in my head. And, and ever since then, I'm like, oh, like I, now it's like, now I know like what happens if I have processed foods like that. And you just don't realize it until you see it. So yeah. Speaking of Peter Atia, uh, I finally started his book. Oh, nice. My, my husband's cousin who's here right now, she's reading it right now and, and she's, she really liked it. Have you read it? I haven't yet. No, I'm, yeah, it's on my list. I'm enjoying it thus far. I realized if I'm ever going to book him, I I just need to like read the book and try to cultivate the most epic of epic like pitch emails. <sighs> Someday. He did write back to you though. I treasure his rejection. <laughs> you going to frame it? <laughs> yes. His rejection where he's like, I personally loathe going on podcasts. <laughs> Wow, that something to that effect. Everything full circle to how we started this whole episode out in like multiple ways. <laughs> what? How perfect? <laughs> he's what? Celebrities. They're just like us. Dr. Peter, Peter, yeah, he's just like us. He also doesn't like doing personal. He also doesn't like podcasts. <laughs> No, seriously. I was, it's funny. I literally was so happy when I got that email. I was like, oh my gosh, Peter Atia personally rejected me. I'm so happy. It would be like such a mix of like thrill of like, oh my God, did he really just write to me? Like he knows I exist. And then being like, oh, but he's not coming on. But like still at the end overall, just being like, I don't care anyway. I feel the same way about Elon. Maybe I should invite him on the podcast. Yes. And reject (laughs) the rejection. And I know what I'm going to put in the subject line. Oh, tech duo's inspiring vision. (laughs) Maybe I should just send him the poem. Please do. You know. (laughs) I'm sure he gets weirder stuff all the time. (laughs) Oh, can you imagine? I can't even imagine. Let's manifest it. Let's manifest. Okay, Vanessa, let's manifest me, you, Peter, and Elon, and your husband. (laughs) (laughs) To throw him in. (laughs) Oh, and Peter's wife. Sorry. Yeah, Pete's he 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 has mixed feelings about Elon. You know, he likes him, but he also is unsure, and also knows that I admire him a lot. So yeah, he's keeping his eyes open. Got his eye on Elon. It's watching. It's watching yeah. you, Elon. <laughs> it's funny though because you never know how sometimes you can get people on the podcast, like Gretchen Rubin. Yeah, have you had her? 
yeah, I had her on on the podcast. It was like my biggest interview ever at the time. I think I was like two years into doing the podcast at the time. It was called Fast Keto, and she does low carb. So that was like my pitch to her. I was like, do you want to come on and talk about low carb? And that's mostly what we talked about. We also talked about like her concepts and her books, but we talked about like being an upholder, being an abstainer versus, you know, all these concepts that apply also to to health and nutrition. And it was so much fun because she loves keto and low carb. So she was also like really enjoying talking to me about keto and it was really fun. But you, you never know like what, you know, if someone does keto, you might want to come on or if they do intermittent fasting or, you know. It's so true. That's how I felt with Gabor Mate. I was like, I can't believe he's talking to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you interview him? I remember Cynthia saying she had like a really, like the most powerful episode of her podcast with him or something. I, d- I did. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was similar to Cynthia. He was like, do you mind if we just kind of, if I just ask you questions right now? Like we had like a therapy session. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, this is a moment. He thinks everything is trauma from childhood. Oh, that's right. That's right. So there's there's a few people I want to reach out to that similar. It's like they seem unapproachable, but when I think about it more and more, I'm like, you know what? I think I can I think I see ways in. Like I could see how I could maybe, maybe get them on the show. I would love to get Bill Nye the science guy. Ugh. Oh, I love him. <laughs> that would be like the most exciting thing ever. That would be actually, I bet he would do it. I need to, yeah, I should. I, should. I had said, I think I had a crush on him before I knew what crushes were. Aw. I'm pretty sure I did. Looking back at my like, like five-year-old, six-year-old self, like I had a crush on Spock from Star Trek. Oh, that's funny. I could see that. Oh, well, on that note, anything from you before we go? This was so fun. I had so much fun as always with you. It's just such a treat to hang out and to engage with listeners. Amazing questions. I love them. And yeah, I can't wait for the next one. Me too. Well, I will talk to you next week. Oh, oh, wow. I didn't even sign off. Okay. Listeners, I'm <laughs> <laughs> like in the moment. <laughs> um, okay. This is like being like at the restaurant and like, just like leaving the restaurant and like not paying for the check. <laughs> um, so for listeners, if you would like to submit your own questions for the show, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. You can also ask questions in my Facebook group, although I'm going to emphasize, because ever since I've started saying that, I have started getting questions like everywhere. Like people DM me like on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm like, wait, no, pause. This was not where, (laughs) this was not the avenue. So in the Facebook group, like as a public post, because if you DM me, you can DM me, feel free to DM me, but I'm going to redirect you to post it in the Facebook group or to email questions at ifpodcast.com. And then the show notes for today's episode will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 335. We will put links to everything that we talked about and you can follow us on Instagram. We are ifpodcast. I am Melanie Avalon and Vanessa is ketogenic girl. I think that's all the things. Anything from you, Vanessa, before we go? I just had the best time. Yeah. I can't wait for our next one. 
I did too. I was thinking during it, because normally we record two back to back and we're just doing one. I was like, I want to record another one. <laughs> I know. <it's> <laughs> we have it's to wait problem. till next week. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. All Definitely. right. Well, I will talk to you next week. Sounds great. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice and no patient-doctor relationship is formed. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes. We couldn't do this without our amazing team. Administration by Sharon Merriman. Editing by Podcast Doctors. Show notes and artwork by Brianna Joyner. Transcripts by Speech Docs. And original theme composed by Leland Cox and recomposed by Steve Saunders. See you next week.